Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You know, we're in a series right now on the miracles of Christ, okay? And I think we're like part four this morning, but an interruption showed up this week. How many know that God has plans we're not aware of? One of these days, history is going to record that he showed up again, this man, Jesus Christ. Most of the church isn't, when I say the church, I'm talking the body of Christ, right? If I wanted to be specific and mention forward, I would say forward church. But when I say most in the body of Christ or the church, I'm talking about global. How many know we live in a global world? Okay, it's very global. Most of us in the body of Christ live as though we know but don't expect him to return. Let me say that again. We live knowing that he's coming, but we're not expecting for him to return. At least not today. Not next week. Ah, It didn't happen in my parents' lifetime, and they were always talking about the imminent return of Christ and generations before them even, even went so far as to mock the disciples for even thinking about this man returning. He's not returning. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is coming again. He said he would come out of that grave, and he did, and he promised that he was going to return, and he will. And we are to be found faithful until he comes. So this morning, there's a break in the action, not for a commercial, but for a visitation of the Holy Spirit. We are so commercial-driven. That's why I agree with one of the men. I love to just record because when you record something on TV, you can just go right through all the commercials. Just get me to the action. I don't want to see the commercial. I don't agree with it in any way or I don't have the money to buy it. Whatever the case is, who cares? Just give me what I want, which is either a TV show, right, or a sports event, right? Like today, I'm... I'm, uh, Setting everything up. It's already set for me to be able to watch uh, March Madness. It's going to be a little bit later in the day. But when I come in, all I got to do is just keep on clicking. Like, I don't want to watch that. Don't want to watch that part right there. Come on. Let's get right down to the meat of the issue. That's what we're going to do this morning. I want to share with you a word from the Lord that he gave me this week because he interrupted my schedule. And if he didn't, yours this past week, he will this week. And I, I've got to tell you, I, I really don't have a lot of time left on my timeline for people that are not real. I finished that statement because you're sitting there going, is he talking about he's done? He's getting ready to go home to be with the Lord? I didn't say that. I said this. I don't have much time left on my timeline for people that are not real. And I got to tell you something. Jesus saw it when he was here. I have had my eyes opened in this book, Who is This Man Jesus? Like, I fully did not understand that the Jewish people were using Jesus for an agenda against Rome. Let me explain it to you. We all celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus, right, into Jerusalem. That's not what the Jews were thinking about. 
They saw Jesus as the king who was going to absolutely destroy the Roman Empire. They were using Jesus, so he backdoored them. It was a great backdoor cut and scored. For those that know sports, backdoor. How, how did he get that layup? Where did he come from? So Jesus goes, okay. Palm branches were really big. It was the sign of you were going to break the one who was the dictator over you. They were trying to manipulate Jesus. So what does Jesus do? I'll show up. I'm coming in on a donkey. Oh, our hero, the one who's going to turn this thing upside down and the Roman Empire is going to get blown away and we're throwing down, we're, we're sending a message to Rome that we're about to blow this thing apart and here comes our king on a donkey. If you think you have power over Jesus, you might want to sit down because the will of the Lord will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, he, listen, we really do not understand this man, Jesus. He was a freak. I'm not talking about freak like you're thinking or the way I grew up in the 60s, you know, and all of that stuff back there. No, he absolutely countered the culture and turned it upside down. And the church today is scared of turning it upside down. We just want to get along. Well, guess what? Keep doing that, but Jesus is coming again, and he's going to rock the world. Because the church, and those who are truly in the church, the body of Christ, not location, but kingdom, are going to exit. We could be in a service, we could be on a plane, we could be wherever. But when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise. And we who remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord forever. And if you didn't know, the interruption came in a phone call. And Coach Hammonds and I forever were competing. It didn't matter if it was Green Bay against the Browns. No competition there. My heart always felt for him, though, with Wisconsin and Ohio State. And yes, did I dog him, because he's watching this morning. When that went 59 to nothing, oh, did I let him know all about it. Yo, cheesehead, do you need any? You might be all out of luck, Tom. What you need? How's things in Wisconsin? Tom Hammonds went home to be with the Lord this past week. Total shock. He's out hunting, having a great time. Up in Jasper. Everybody knows where that is, right? That's in our state. Okay. And the Lord calls him home. He targets a hog, and God targets him, going, it's time. You're coming home. Out of that whole week that we just rolled through, God's been speaking to me to talk to people about being ready. You may have everything all sketched out and planned for this coming week, but have you looked at heaven's plans? Because you do not know when your time is done here on earth. Now, let me go back to this whole thing about being real and my timeline. I'm standing before you this morning totally devastated, still trying to get through it, celebrating but devastated. How many know that works? 
I don't have any time for someone who goes, man, I'm not grieving. I'm not hurting at all. I'm in total celebration. Brother, you need to get the big picture. He's in heaven. Why can't you rejoice? When you learn that you've lost somebody who was a part of your inner circle, it'll turn your world upside down. See, let me help out all the young people. Boy, it took me a long time to learn this, that the ultimate teacher was Jesus Christ himself. He always ministered to the crowds. He hung out with 20 or 30, but then he'd bring that down to where there was 12. But then inside that 12, there were three. That was his inner circle. And then when they were caught napping and sleeping, then it was just him and the father. Ladies and gentlemen, ultimately it's going to come down between you and the father. And so this morning I see a flashback of my earthly dad, and I want to ask this question this morning. Is our hearts right with God? Is our hearts right with God? Are we ready if he calls? There's no do-over. You can't take and uh, do what I'm doing this afternoon and setting it up so you can play it back later. This is game time right now. In a few moments, we'll be done with our service. It will go so quick. But what will you do with what God says to you? Because you don't know if tomorrow you will be here or will you be in the presence of the Lord or have some, has someone so scaled your eyes that you're not even aware you have no relationship with God. Setting in a church does not give you a relationship with God. It's a heart-to-heart relationship that he looks for, that he calls for. I would love to be able to talk to you this morning on how to know who should be in your inner circle, perhaps someday. But I certainly hope that you don't try to be bigger than Jesus. That's what the Jews tried. (laughs) It's our nation. You'll be our leader. But when we do certain things, you'll do what we want you to do. I don't think that's how it works in the kingdom. (laughs) He's the king. We are the heirs of the promise. We're servants. Listen, one of the worst things to ever come out of a Jewish mouth was servant. Better yet, slave. And Jesus said he was both. That so agitated and irritated the Jews because they felt like they were slaves already to Rome. Come on, church. Man, I don't don't know what she's talking about, about being ready for... He's talking about all kinds of different things. You're either a slave to this world or you're a slave unto Jesus Christ. You're a servant unto the Lord Jesus or you are serving this world. And this world does not belong to Christ. (laughs) Belongs to a prince, the prince of darkness. So if you're living by the world's standards and for the world, you might want to look and see who's your daddy. So this morning, I want to bring from God's word the importance for us to be ready because we don't know the hour. When he could come or you could go. Amen. As I look back and reflect about 9-11, we should not have been shocked about 9-11. There were all kind of reports that something was going to happen. They didn't have a specific date, but that something was going to happen. And it happened. There were warnings. So this morning, receive this as a warning and please don't go to sleep. 
By the way, physical sleep sometimes can be also an expression of spiritual sleep. Oh, good preaching. One of the kids walked up to me the other day and said, man, I'm really tired. Man, I can't stay awake. I said to them, how would you like to work for 24 hours straight? And they looked at me like, you must be crazy. I said, that was one of the things I did when I was just a little bit older than you. In a carpet mill up in Georgia. And I went to school all day. After spending 24 working. What are we talking about? The reason our children are soft is because our homes are soft. Because the church has gone to sleep. (laughs) So if you were to ask me this morning... Pastor, do you believe that most Christians are thinking about the coming of the Lord? No, they're thinking about Florida beating South Carolina. Look, great job, but that was a lucky shot. Don't play luck with eternity. If you were to ask that kid to go back down the floor and hit that shot again, I bet you he couldn't do it. With an open floor. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not talking about the Gators. I'm not talking about that shot. I'm talking about people who are lucking their way through and believe that luck is going to bring them into heaven. Luck has nothing to do with eternity. Come on, church. Come on, church. You know, I know God will not give us this permission, but I wonder sometimes if he would just allow us to look into hell for just a moment, we would change everything about us and there would be a sense of urgency. Not, oh, well, man, I'm so lucky. Come on now. Come on now. Let me go ahead and play one more spin off of March Madness. When we look through congregations, that was plural, In our minds, we look across congregations and we go, they're in, they're in, they're in, they're in, they're in. But have you noticed only one team will win March Madness? Some of those who you think are in are not in. In what? The church? A denomination? No. They've not even been brought into the family of God. So stop looking around going, they're in, he's in, they're in, that pastor's in. Just because you're a pastor and you have a title, let me tell you something. That doesn't mean I have palm branches in my hands. Am I yielded? Am I broken? Have I repented of my sins? Have I received a new nature from heaven to earth? Come on, church. Oh, it's a dangerous thing just to go around saying they're in. Oh, it's automatic. North Carolina's going to win today. There's nothing automatic except the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. And everyone must come by the way of the cross. One theologian put it this way. If you call yourself a Christian, but you live in a continuous lifestyle of sin, you're not prepared. Jack Hiles, a great pastor up in Indiana, said it this way. There's always a prepared place for a prepared person. I'm inviting you to be prepared. Stir yourself. Nowhere in Scripture will you find that Paul or anyone else said that my responsibility is to stir you. The Bible says you are to stir up the gifts within yourself. You are the one that responds to Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon, great, great man of God, many years back. Listen to what he said. Depend on it, my hearer. You never will go to heaven unless you're prepared to worship Jesus Christ as God. And that should have been a 
I'm not asking you to go back and practice on this. That should have been a resounding amen across this whole house. Do you not understand the gnarliness of our nature? The Jewish people were the apple of his eye, and now God is in human flesh, and they're trying to manipulate God. Why are we putting down the Jews when we do it every day? Come on now. It's good preaching up here. Somebody said something about fire. May the fire of God fall in this house. May the fire of God so ignite us that people will understand there is a fire burning on the inside in that person's life. Hmm. I'm not sure if Benjamin Franklin was thinking along the same wavelength as those other authors, but he put it this way about being prepared. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Please don't take a chance. Well, my mom and dad were Christians. I played that game. I don't know how I got here. With the sins that I was doing back, way back, many years back, further back than you're thinking, way back there. But I played that card all the time. Man, we have family devotions. I go to church, and and once in a while I give God a dollar, maybe. If I would have died as a teenager, I would have gone to hell. And I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Sunday early evening for youth. That's three times on Sunday. But I was a hell raiser all week long. But the devil who will massage your brain will tell you, you know the right people. You talk the right language. You go to the right places. You go bowling with other people. You know you're in the kingdom. What does bowling have to do with the kingdom? What does the church service have to do with the kingdom? I'm not talking about you can't have fun. I'm talking about how he will get you to play your lucky card. But when you play luck in the kingdom, with the kingdom, you need to understand he's the one that's playing the cards. And you're the player. Come on, church. Holy Spirit of God. So this morning, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 24. I want to give you some things that I want you to consider, and then I'll get out of your way. I want you to know this morning that God is looking for us to be faithful. So let me just kind of insert. One of the reasons why there's been great grief within my heart is because Tom Hammonds never did what the Jewish people did to Jesus. He's never done that to me in the 30 years that I knew Tom. He never tried to manipulate me. He never tried to do the things that we love to do with our flesh and our minds. He just walked as a constant companion. But see, we're not into that anymore. Long as I've got a hundred people on Facebook, man, I'm cool. Man, I don't need any of that. Just give me two or three in my inner circle. That's all I need. Because they're the ones that will show up, not show out. I need people to show up. So there's a little tidbit about Tom Hammonds, who was an elder in this house. Be on the alert. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42 and 43. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this. 
that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Everybody say, be on the alert. Now, I want to talk to parents, and I want to talk to the individual who's the head of the home. That would be the husband. I'm theologically on point, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what our culture says. I don't care what society says. I care what the kingdom says. John Ortberg, the author of Who Is This Man, said, everything Jesus said put him in harm's way. What we try to do from the pulpit to the street is to stay out of harm's way. But oh, how I love you. Get out of here. Stop singing that. I, I, I connected something. If I'm constantly dancing around, I'm not talking about I don't believe in dancing, and I'm dancing the issues and I won't bring anything to the table, man, and I'm constantly trying to get out of harm's way, man, I'm not, I don't even know this man, Jesus. Almost everything that Jesus said brought controversy. It upset the apple cart because he was bringing heaven to earth. <laughs> Come on, church. So be on the alert. I want to talk to the men this morning for just a moment. You men who are married, you're the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. That doesn't, listen, that just means you're the biggest servant in the house. (laughs) Well, I didn't get anything on that one. (laughs) See, because guys love to go around going, I'm the head of the house here. How are you doing serving? I know you run your mouth, but are you working at that level? Come on, brother. Come on, men. Listen, he's the head of the church because he's the greatest servant the church has ever had. We who are married, we may be the head of the home, but we are to be like Jesus. This my song in the home and in the throng, be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. Does your family see you serving like Jesus served? Well, you don't know, Pastor. Here, let me tell you what the Lord's been saying to me. Just put it in the Father's hands. Father will take care of it. Just put it in Father's hands. You can't fight the flesh with the flesh. Someone's going to lose. Robin and I weren't brought together to compete against each other, but that we would complete each other, thereby staying alert. When you are completing each other, you are alert at the home level. Now, I know none of you, and some of you have, none of you would love to see any of your children leave. There's nothing worse than to see a loved one, a child, go into eternity before you. I know you want to protect those children. Then protect your covenant. Mm. Be on the alert. And so the question I want to drop into your spirit is this. Is your home ready? Is your home ready? Is your home ready? Stay alert. The big moral crossroads in your life may not come with a label. It's true. It's true. Gosh, I could break that down and talk to our students about moral issues. There's no signs out there. He doesn't play with signs, ladies and gentlemen. He will bring you what you're thinking about and what you're longing for and what you love. And then after he's destroyed the premise, he comes after you like a roaring lion. Number two, how do I stay alert? 
How can I know that I'm ready for the coming of the Lord? How can I know that if I go before any other member of my home, they can only weep so long because they know that not only was I alert, but I was a person who was praying. Go with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 36. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Ladies and gentlemen, I, you know, I know some of those great uh, speakers and preachers who have told us all about positive this and that. I believe in that, and I live with a positive mindset. But this world is not going to get better. It's going to go the other way. And if you're not prepared, that's because you're not a person of prayer. Are you and your house praying? That's the question from that passage. Alert people pray. Praying people escape. Praying people have strength. Praying people will stand before the Son of Man. (laughs) Max Lucado put it this way. Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one that hears and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Amen. Amen. I don't know who Glenn Griffin is or was, but it's a great statement. Check it out. Prayer should be the key in the morning and the lock at night. (laughs) That should be the key as we leave our homes. That key should be covering all of our children, all of our loved ones, all of our grandchildren, and they're going out and they're coming in, and then at night we need to lock it all down with prayer. So God's asking us this morning, are we ready? Are we alert? Are we praying? Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Let's go there for a moment, please. Be dressed in readiness. Keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Let's go to the book of Acts for a second. Are you ready? Travel with me to the book of Acts. There's a prayer group that have been praying for Peter. We're talking about readiness. They've been praying. They've been praying. All of a sudden, there's a... One of the ladies goes to the door and they go, What? Yo! Peter's standing at the door. No way. Peter's at the door? Readiness is confirmed with belief in your prayers. When you pray, know it's done. When you pray, you pray in faith, you pray believing, and it's done. It is complete. Glory. It's done. It's finished. It's a sign of readiness. When I pray, it's done. Now, it may not be done when I want it to be done, but it's done in heaven. Now he will fulfill it on earth. So the other night when we weren't there at the bowling because I heard my mother from heaven, actually in my heart, but she may have been screaming from heaven. It's very important, listen closely, families, and I know how the enemy will twist this, because he is such a scum bucket. 
make sure that your family comes before church ministry. More homes have been wrecked on the platform because men have put the church before their family. So we're standing there watching the game Friday night. I have an individual talking to me about what's going on on our campuses. I'll, I'll tell you that we're asleep. The individual said to me, Coach Weber, there's more drugs at the middle school and high school now than there's ever been. What's the church doing? I'm not, I didn't say forward. What is the church doing? How are we praying? There is, and, and, boy, you want to talk about getting into the danger zone with Jesus? If the kids are buying drugs, where are they getting that? Are there leading citizens in our county that are behind that? Uh-oh, whoa, he stepped, whoa, 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 look what Pastor just did. Straight up. And are there people in churches who have another world outside that are assisting our kids? Uh-huh. We're not ready. We are not ready for the coming of the Lord. And we're not ready to see what could happen to these kids. Listen, drugs are not something from the Father. Pastor, I already know that. What are we doing about that? How are we harnessing that? How are we changing that? Are we afraid to go ahead and face that like Jesus did his face towards Jerusalem like Flint? Are we willing to face the consequences when people go, man, I can't believe Mr. Weber went ahead. Listen to me real close. When a young man wrote a note, I'm talking to you about being ready. It's one thing to say, I believe in a safe environment, and then do nothing to prove that. Had a young man not too long ago wrote a note at our school. I know what the line looks like right now. I know, but that don't bother me. I'm not being smart. The district didn't call me into the ministry. God called me. And he allowed me to come here. But listen, young man wrote a note and said, you have been warned. If you show up on campus tomorrow, bullets will fly. Well, it didn't take us real long to get that all narrowed down. And we took care of that. And I had the young man and taken off campus and placed on OSS. From up above me, individuals were not happy that I had done that. Ladies and gentlemen, where are we? We're saying one thing, but living another way. And that Jesus often called hypocrisy. I'm not talking about the church now. Now I'm talking about society. We believe in safe schools. We believe in safe communities. Well, then let's go after it. Let's go after it and protect these kids and protect the future of this region till Jesus comes. But but I might get fired. Man, you're never going to get fired in the kingdom if you walk by faith and not by sight. (laughs) Now you see why Tom was in my inner circle? Because he knew I was crazy. Because he knew I'd take a stand. And not one time did he ever come to me and reprimand me, go like, man, dude, you've gone a little bit too far. How far is too far when you think about the safety of children and the safety of your community? How far is too far? (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) You better look around to see who's in your inner circle. (laughs) 
Let's talk about two more things and we're all finished for this morning. Let's talk about how important it is for us to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins. Isn't it amazing that we got people? Oh, boy, there he goes again. I'm not going to ask how many prayer warriors I have. I just know I've got a couple left. Really, prayer warriors. That wasn't a put down. But is the church praying for pastors that they will stand on the truth, by the truth, and preach the truth? So help me God. The church should pray for pastors. Because we are just like you. We are human. Man, it's much easier just to go along with the current and the flow. But man, when that current's going downhill, God have mercy. I'm swimming up. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, don't read between the lines. Just read what I'm saying. Hallelujah. They tried to do that with Jesus all the time. (laughs) Holy Spirit is here. Uh, Then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins. Oh, yes, I wanted to bring that out, cross the line. There are individuals who are willing to go ahead and commit all kind of acts against society, i.e. London, just recently, because they believe that when their life is done here, they're going to have all kind of virgins on the other side. Well, isn't that great? <laughs> isn't that great? God gave me one, and that's enough. I don't know about 72. I knew that would go over. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Listen closely. I was so just, it's almost like a volcano erupted on the inside. Listen, this is Jesus speaking. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. Oil representing the Holy Spirit. I want to be a virgin in the kingdom. How could he be a virgin? See, that's how crazy the mind is. Hey, honey, how could he be a virgin? He's married and has three children. He can't be a virgin. That's just what I'm talking about, those religious heads. (sighs) Jesus. But I want to be a virgin in the kingdom so that when the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks, I stop resenting him countering me. Not encountering, countering me. Let me explain that to you. So this new course that I'm taking right now, I've kind of gone along with what the other courses have been. That Sunday night at midnight, all work must be in. So I'm thinking, okay, God, how do I manage this weekend, get everything done, take care of morning worship, and then take care of the celebration for Tom Hammond's God, and then i got to get back, make sure everything's ready to roll. It's in by midnight. So I'm working tenaciously. By the way, those who are in the kingdom work. Jesus has a lot to say about lazy people. Man, he, he just will not get off that limb. He just stays way out there. That's why I miss Tom Hammonds. Because when you're willing to go out there, you've got to have people who are invested in praying for you. I wish I could tell you the story that John Ortberg, yeah, I'm going to. 
John Ortberg tells a story about what's going on in the church today. And he uses this analogy. A lady recognizes something's wrong with her car. So she takes it to get it fixed. They make some adjustments and give it back to her. And they poo-poo and, you know, splash all that sweet stuff. And, and give her a low bill. And she goes, wow, this is great. It's a true story in the book. Who is this man? But he's trying to show us what's going on with how Jesus taught and what's going on today. And she goes out, and she has an accident. She's not killed. But they did not fix her car. And she went back to the place where they fixed her car and said, my car wasn't fixed. Why why didn't you fix it? And he says to her, well, we just know how much we like you. We know how much you mean to us and the business you bring in. And we didn't want to have to charge you. And we didn't want to hurt your feelings and a few other fluffy little things. And she said, no, it's not about that. It's about safety in my car. Why didn't you take care of it? We didn't want to hurt you. Can anybody pick that up and figure out what's going on in churches today? Ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to be able to say that there's an accountability here from me towards you and you towards me, but ultimately, I'm going to give an account to the Lord. And that scares, especially after being in court again on Friday with Judge Browning, who is a Christian. It's like, Lord Jesus, one day I'm going to be standing before you. Wow. And Lord, could you just run a record of all the people who thought I was such a nice guy and I did this and I did that, and the Lord's looking at me like, let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about the truth, young man. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is here. We're not talking about hurting and gouging people, but we don't want to hear the truth. It's like Almond Gunner says, we want our version of the truth, not the truth. Tom Hammonds was the man of the truth. So uh, I'm pretty proud of myself yesterday afternoon. I'm busting tail and trying to figure out how I can get Joshua to the cage and get that all taken care of and maybe get back to watch a little bit of basketball. You know, you can micromanage till you're crazy. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm sorry. Got her fingers in everything. That's what the Jews tried to do because they didn't see Jesus doing it their way. Hey! Because he did it the way the Father told him to do it. Who's your daddy? So I finish up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, yeah, you know, that's not bad. That ought to be this kind of a grade. And I sit down, and there's a little, do. What? Do. What? Do. Okay, what do you want, Holy Spirit? Has he ever done that to you? Give you a little, no. No? I said, What? You, you need to go online. The Holy Spirit, listen to me now. You talk, why can't he talk? That's amazing how we go. You know, he's really gone weird, man. He probably has all kind of voices in his head. Uh, no, sorry. Here you go. For those that were on the bus, a lot of empty boxes. Voices, voices, really. The Holy Spirit says, you really need to go online and look at when, when it's due. And I got smart. I know y'all don't do that. I got smart with the Holy Spirit, and I said, yeah, it's going to be due tomorrow night at midnight. And the last thing I heard him say, go check. 
Go check. Tell me to go check. I've been doing it. I've been You know how we lay out down all of our stuff and tell him all about us? Like we know ourselves better than he does. That's funny, boy, oh boy. So I said, you know, you know pride is ridiculous. Man, pride. And I could just see him smiling like, can't wait to see what his face is going to look like. Boy doesn't pay attention. So I Googled in and, and went there and went to Southeastern and pulled up and, oh my, and I did say it. Oh my God, this thing is due tonight at midnight. I've got now three hours. <laughs> uh, Robin, you want to check this? Isn't it amazing how we call on our wives at that point, men? And all the men said, oh, I had one or two men and a lot of ladies going, uh-huh, know what you're talking about. So I said, sweetheart, I need for you to check everything for me, make sure everything's good. You know, I've got my grammar set, did it, did it, all that stuff. And of course it was online like it's supposed to be, but I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about as we get ready to close that the Holy Spirit is here and there may be some things he's wanting you to make some adjustments on so that you will always be alert, you will always be ready, and that you will know that the hour is coming. And it is coming. Joshua said to me Tuesday evening when we were trying to celebrate his birthday, and it was very, very difficult because I do believe he deserved to be around a man of God pastors, and that includes all those who are on staff, that we are real. I'm not a robot. I don't even know how I'm going to do this afternoon. Joshua looks out the car and he says to me, Dad, you're taking this harder than you did your own parents. My parents were my parents, but they weren't in that inner circle. They raised me, but they've really not been around me since way back there. Way, way, way back there. But Tom's been right there for the last 30 years. That's inner circle. I don't know how much further I can go. This limb's getting, Lord, keep me. This is going to be a big one here. Holy Spirit. I obeyed you yesterday. Can you help me right now? You ever do that? I'm even trying to role play to see if you'll be here. Okay, I'll take one more step out here for you, Lord. Do you know that the Lord is tired of walkaway Christians? Tom Hammonds could have walked away from me at least once a year for 30 years. But he never walked away. Ever. And some of you may remember him. You talk about a crazy coach. Hey, crazy, crazy. Crazy. If you don't believe it, ask Mark Swain or a few others that were under his leadership. Tom Hammonds. Hmm. Faithful. Tom Hammonds. Last one I want to give to you. Helped me to stay sharp. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Let's wrap it up. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary. Not people. Yeah, the devil in people. You've got to recognize that. People are not the devil. But sometimes the devil does get in people. <clears throat> hmm. 
Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So in all of my whimpering and stuff this week, God gave me one more quote, not my quote, not from God, but through a person. Listen to it. The past is a reference point, not a residence. What's he, what, what are you talking about? I, I can't stay back there. I, I can't stay back at Chiefland Middle School. Yesterday when we got done hitting, I said, Josh, just give me a, just a moment. I said, I need to ride around. Ride around the middle school, the old track. And, and I just need to do something. So he, you know, what could he do? Walk? He's not going to walk. He's going to stay in the vehicle. Pull me up, big guy. Somebody give me a little something, something, a little music. And then we'll do what I asked Josh in just a moment. And so we pulled up and I looked at his old office, Tom Hammond's his office. We met there every day for prayer. We met there every day with the approval so you don't run to the school board. In fact, if that's what you want to do, let me know. I'll call for you. That's what I did the other day with one of the students who had a slobber knocker moment in the office. I said, hey, let me just go ahead and make a call for you. No, no, that'll be all right, Mr. Weber. We don't need that. So Mary Wells, back in the day, Mary Wells said, of course you guys can, as long as you're not, you know, having any of the kids come in or whatever. I said, yeah, we're going to lay hands on them. Mary looked at me with her Roman Catholic background. Great woman, great woman. She looked at me like, want some oil? <laughs> she was awesome. Mary was so cool. Man, I love Mary Wells. And, and we would meet in there every day and we would pray together. And, and Coach Hammonds would tell me to be alert. And he would remind me that there was an adversary that was trying to destroy and that we needed to walk together as men. Hey, listen. I still think it's funny. And I, if you were to ask me why, I can't tell you. But I must have done something in my early time there at Chiefland Middle School. And he was the athletic director and the head coach for the football team. And then also the wrestling team at the high school. I did something. I've never had this happen before. But you know, the enemy will test to see what your friendship's made of. There are so many things that you guys should be taking out of this service this morning. And, and um, Mary Wells called me into her office one day. And she said, uh, hey, Coach Weber, um, you've been written up. I said, what? I've been written up? By who? She said, by your friend. I said, what? Tom Hammonds wrote me up. Where is he? I mean, you know, all that stupid crazy. That was back when I was a lot worse. For those of you that are wondering. A lot worse. I said, what do you write me up for? He wrote you up for insubordination. Insubordination? <laughs> about what? I remember that part. And I can't tell you what he wrote me up about. I know he's laughing right now. I know he's laughing. I'm thinking, God, you Hammonds? Jesus. But you know what? It didn't last five minutes. And when we met, I remember him saying to me, the reason I did that is so that you would learn early 
how it works in the school system. I didn't want to see something bad happen. Just kind of take care of this area and that area. I don't remember what it was. But you know what? Not once did I miss prayer time. Not once did Tom go, well, I really offended him. Offended him as a co-laborer, as a worker in the schools, and also as my pastor. Well, I suppose Tom won't be back. He's ticked off. Dang, here comes Tom. Certainly not here. This was years back. Back when they opened up their home, we used to have service in Tom and Lauren's home. I could tell you so many stories, but I don't want to, because here's what I also know. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. Because it hurts so much, we've grown hard towards those who die. And it's like, let's go, let's go. Move on, let's go. Next! No, sometimes you need to slow down, take in the process, honor, rejoice in the Lord always, and know that, yes, they're home to be with the Lord. But what a legacy. So this morning, as we close, I just want to go right back to that whole message for a moment. Are we ready to meet the Lord? Are we ready for His return? Is there anything that you're harboring that needs to be dealt with? Man, I can't believe they haven't called me. Man, I can't believe they put that out there on Facebook. Well, you didn't get written up about it. Don't worry. And if they're really your friend, they're not walking away. Let me tell you one more thing why I know this ministry will always be stabilized by the Holy Spirit. Many of you didn't know him, and that's okay, but you should know about him. Every Monday night for many years, I used to go out to Cedar Key to do a Bible study every Monday night after practice you know who went with me every Monday night Tom Hammonds every Monday night he wasn't leading it he went as a guard as a bodyguard every Monday night every Monday night sometimes he'd fall asleep on the way back Tom coach you alright mess with him he messed with me I asked the Lord this question the other day. Father, why, why did he do that? Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Are you ready? This is what he said. Tom took my place because if I was here, I would ride with you. Shall we pray? Father, he was ready. I'm glad he got the hog before he left and left the hog for those behind. I thank you and I praise you that the message this week is that we must be ready and that not only must we be ready, but our family must be ready and our friends who are in that circle and those that are a part of the inner circle that they know that they know that they know that they know where they're going when that last breath comes. 
the eternal breath begins. With our head bowed and our eyes closed this morning, and maybe you're here and you would say, and you are here, by the way, you're here and you'd say, hey, Pastor, the Holy Spirit has really been speaking to me, and I need to make reservations on the other side. I want Him as my Savior and my Lord. And by simply raising your hand, now listen, I'm not asking those who've received Christ. I'm asking if there's anyone here this morning that has never, ever invited Christ into your heart. They would just simply raise your hand and say, hey, I desire Him, and I want you to remember me in prayer. Anyone across the room? Let's go to the next level real quick. And you have been an awesome congregation of receiving the word of the Lord. In a moment, we're going to listen to Kim Walker sing, I exalt thee. But I want to give you an opportunity in this house before we walk out for the afternoon. And there will be some that will be going to the funeral, which is a time of celebration. But you would say, Pastor, I've not been as alert. I've left doors unlocked. And there's got to be some changes in my life. Not everybody else, but in my life. In a moment when Kim begins to minister unto the Lord, I exalt thee. I'm going to give you an opportunity to take a step of exalting Christ afresh and anew this coming week. Love the way that you worshiped in the house this morning. What an awesome congregation just worshiping God, joining in with the worship team and just honoring God. But now we get to honor him with some decisions for the upcoming week. God, I'm going to exalt you each day of my life. God, I'm going to exalt you, and God, I will stay in the circle, and God, I will be a part of that inner circle in that person's life. And even if they write me up, and even if they try to write me off, I'll still be there for them. Because I exalt thee. This morning, Father, we want to prepare ourselves for the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ or our immediate exit from this life to be with you. I ask in Jesus' name that in this house you will be able to see men and women, young people, children who exalt you by the way they live. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning across the auditorium? And as Kim begins to minister unto the Lord, let the Holy Spirit minister unto you. You're a great congregation. You're an awesome group of people. I just feel a check in my spirit for those who are having inner circle problems. Make sure that God brings them in. And if God wants that person to exit out, let God do that. But your inner circle should look a lot like Ready? Peter, James, and John. And I don't mean males. I'm talking about men that loved Jesus. In your inner circle, you need people who love Jesus and love you. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. 
It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.